Welcome to the Strategic Leader Podcast, a program all about transforming minds and developing leaders. Our goal is to challenge your thinking, expand your vision, and awaken the emerging leader in you. Now, here is your leadership mentor and coach, and the host of the Strategic Leader Podcast, Brian Holmes. Welcome, everyone, to episode number 159 of the Strategic Leader Podcast. Great to have you with us on this fine day. Hey, we're gathering emerging leaders together from all over the world, and we're focusing on personal and leadership development. Today, I have a wonderful guest. I'm so excited to introduce you to my friend, Jonathan Milligan. We're talking about life and business success. In fact, we're talking about when passion, purpose, and service collide. Let's do this right now. Well, I'm excited today to uh, introduce you for the first time to someone that I've known for a little while now, Jonathan Milligan. What an incredible, incredible person. And Jonathan is, of course, an author. He is a blogger. He's a speaker. He's a career coach and has a prolific background, really, in counseling and guiding and directing career professionals on how to pursue meaningful work. And On this program, we talk often about really finding your lane, you know, the whole question of who am I, why am I here? And since 2009, Jonathan has been literally focused on building a very portable lifestyle business, and he's done this through blogging, through online media, through podcasting, through writing And today, he is teaching thousands upon thousands of people to do the very same thing. Jonathan is very active uh, in his service to his local church. Uh, He serves as a deacon. He is involved in all types of areas there uh, in his community. He's from Jacksonville, Florida, which you'll learn more about in a little while. He has a beautiful wife and a couple of kids and just an all-around great guy, my kind of guy. I just love hanging out with Jonathan. I had the privilege of meeting him a few years ago at Michael Hyatt's platform conference, and I want to say it was at the one in Colorado Springs, Colorado. I've obviously been following his work for a few years now and have personally benefited from his leadership in the areas of leadership training, mastermind development. I really have such a respect for his message on purpose, on productivity, on personal leadership. I'm really excited today to introduce you to him. Let's go right now to my interview with Jonathan Milligan. Jonathan, welcome to the program today, man. It's so great to have you on the Strategic Leader Podcast. Well, Brian, thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit about... Jonathan Milligan, where are you from? What are you doing? Uh, What's your background? Just give us a backdrop on you, man. Sure. Well, I live in Florida, uh, work from home full time, been doing that since mid 2011, but it didn't start out that way. Actually started as a high school teacher. Oh, wow. Did that for about three years, taught high school 
and also was a basketball coach. Uh, both my parents were educators, so that seemed like the natural path for me. But I had an entrepreneurial bug and started pursuing that. Um, joined up with a startup executive search firm and did that for seven or eight years. And then I started blogging on the side of all things, kind of fell into it. And that began to pick up steams within, within two, two and a half years. I started working from home full time. That replaced my daytime income. And that's what I do today. That's amazing. So you can actually make a living blogging, huh? <laughs> yes, you can. I didn't believe it when I started. That's a loaded but, question, but yes. Yeah. Very cool, man. So so tell me about that journey. I'm not we're not certainly promoting everybody become a blogger, but I obviously I blog. I, I have a podcast that you're hopefully listening to right now and we're we present a lot of great content online as you do, which we'll talk about more in a moment. But what what is the value did you find in in putting out a message and getting it what what's in your heart out to the public? Yeah, so I started it when I was an executive recruiter, and I wanted to start it, and I had a very limited mindset. I was like, I just want to start a blog that allows me to be known in my area, in the Jacksonville area, for careers. Mm. So it was a career coaching type blog, and the more information I began sharing, I realized there are a lot of people in the world that are reading this, and... I need to try to find some ways to better serve them. So it all came out of continuing to look at other ways to serve and add value. A lot of that was up front before the money ever began to show up. But when you take this concept of me being like a high school teacher, a former high school teacher, I just brought that same desire and concept into the online space and came and taught people first, gave value. And then began looking at different ways to monetize my message. And that, in a nutshell, is kind of how the, the pathway unfolds. I, I love the way you describe this. This podcast, our program, and our work has such a strong emphasis on leadership. And we define leadership uh, in the kind of way where I believe every person has the capacity to provide leadership, direction, help, service to other people. And uh, what you said a moment ago really struck me that you your vision initially was to serve a very minute group of people, but the more you realized the value of what you were putting out and the volume of people that maybe could benefit from it, your heart was to serve more people and serve them better. Uh, what what were some of the mechanisms you pursued to to make that happen? How did that sort of begin to expand and grow? Well, I think it really comes from having a, a teacher's heart, like I talked about, because mm. if you get in this for the wrong reasons, and I tell people this all the time, don't start something online because it makes money. Start something online because it's an area where you can truly help people, mm. where you can give them advice, help. It's an area that is in your strengths, things that you have experience in or things that you've learned along the way that you can share with other people. And then as that influence begins to grow, that can turn into impact, which eventually leads into income, like my good friend Carrie Oberbrunner mm -hmm. talks about a whole lot. And so I, that model works. You know, you have to get out there and start sharing it. It goes beyond just blogging. I do a podcast. I have two podcasts. I um, do videos. I've written books. I've done speaking. It, it, it all stems back to serving others first. When you serve them well it makes the rest of it a lot easier. That's so true, man. And I I really, really respect you for approaching it from that 
perspective. Your your one of your main blog sites, uh, maybe it was your first. I'm not sure. Is called blogging your passion. Tell us sort of about the inception of that and and how that that seems to be the place from which a lot of your business has originated. Is that right? Actually, it started with the Career Coach blog, okay. uh, which is which is JonathanMilligan.com. Uh, when it first started, it was named CPACareerCoach.com because I service the accounting and finance niche in the area of careers. And as um, kind of as my journey began to unfold, and I was publishing a lot of blog posts and starting to get some traffic here and there, I started testing different ways to earn money. And over the course of about two years. That turned into about 12 different income streams that I discovered. When I started, I knew about two or three, didn't think they were very viable. But these things began to unfold the more I kind of got into it. Um, Then I started getting questions on, well, how did you do this? How did you uh, create this blog that's earning you money now? And so I made the decision to go and start blogging your passion. Mm. And I did that because I felt like there needed to be at least one more voice out there saying that it's not a make money online scheme. It's not that uh, a get rich quick scheme. It's nothing like that. But if you truly do it the right way and you serve an audience about a topic, an area that you're passionate about, and you learn some skills on the business side, this is a viable business and this can turn into that. And I've got examples of people who uh, they've done the very same thing since starting uh, blogging your passion. I have a dear friend of mine who is uh, has 30 years experience working in church ministry, specifically working in the area of fine arts and music and you know praise and worship leading and things of this nature. Prolific. He does training now with other worship leaders. And he called me the other day and says, "Man, I want to I want to start a membership site. I've been looking into this whole idea of a of putting my my content online and selling it, or having you know monthly subscriptions or whatever." And he had very little exposure to some of the things that you and I have been exposed to through Michael Hyatt and Ray Edwards and a lot of the guys we hang with, Carrie and various ones. Uh, and so I began to explain to him, "Look, man, here's where you want to start. You want to start by serving people. You want to start by." just giving away the farm almost, just really serving them with your best stuff, developing relationship, developing trust, adding value, and really, in a sense, earning the right to sell them something. Is that is that how you look at it? Absolutely. In fact, there's this um, one-page PDF I've created called the Blogging Success Pyramid, mm. and it's about 15 different success traits. The one at the very top is called Trust and Authority. And I believe that trust and authority isn't something that you can necessarily set as a goal, but it's a result of serving your audience well. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because I think it's so true. And the thing that most people struggle with is, well, if I give too much value for free, Mm. podcast, blog post, video, you know, whatever the channel is, then I won't have anything left to sell. And that is just not true because if it's an area you're passionate about and it's an area where you're the leading learner, you're continuing to learn, you're going to have so much more to share because you're learning as you go along. And that's what a leader does, right? A leader continues to learn. And I've never run out of 
new information or new ideas to create income streams, including a membership site that I've run for three years now, because I've had people say, well, you can't run a membership site because once you get all your information in there, you're going to run out of ideas to talk about. (laughs) And it's just not true. There's always something new to share and to, to teach others about. And um, when it comes to that place of service, you'll be surprised how more and more things uh, keep continuing to come up that you can share with your audience. And, and let me just make this point, too. And I, I know f- from your background, you'll agree with this. You and I are referencing the blogosphere and and various things like podcasting and blogs and video uh, tools and what have you. The truth is the principles that we're talking about right now about serving first apply to anything you do. I mean, my gosh, when you can add value, build trust, build relationship, uh, then then you come into a position where you can actually lead a group of people, a tribe of people, so much more effectively than if you had not added value on the front side of the relationship. And so this applies to anyone, not just people who might be aspiring to blog, by the way. Yeah, and I'm so glad you brought that up because it was the reason that one of the reasons that I decided to start blogging when I was an executive recruiter because it allowed me to serve my audience then first. And these were CPAs, these were CFOs, senior financial analysts. And I went into the mindset of whether you're on the candidate side or you're on the hiring side. I'm going to figure out how to be different, and I'm going to do that by truly serving these people in mm-hmm. the greatest way. And that helped me to stand out amongst some of the other headhunters who were so focused on their numbers and keeping their jobs, quite frankly, that they missed the opportunity to serve and build relationships. Absolutely. You and, you and I have had the opportunity to relate with a number of, uh, well, some of the same people, actually. And one of the things that I love about people like Michael Hyatt, Ray Edwards, Dan Miller, uh, just so many of the folks that we have been privileged to do life with the last few years, uh, they they live this. I, I am never, ever, I never cease to be amazed at the quality and the quantity that is constantly being put out there for public consumption for free by these people who have such experience and such a wealth of information, they could be charging enormous amounts of money for this information, but they choose to serve. They choose to add value. They choose to just continue to, to be givers. And because of that, they're, they're the folks that we're following, and they're the folks that we uh, are watching prosper in so many ways because of their generosity and their Really, I would say their attitude. It, it really is a mindset and an attitude of service. You're exactly right. And, and that's what makes it so fun. That's why this space can be so much fun is because you are uh, those who cannot afford the products, the services, the programs you have. You're still serving them in a big way because there's lots of free content that they can um, be helped by. Absolutely. I want to shift on you here a little bit, and because of your background that you just mentioned a moment ago, uh, I know that you have helped a lot of people over the last number of years transition from careers or or paths or uh, tracks that they were not satisfied in. Uh, let me just frame it like this. Uh, I have I encounter every week numerous people who are discontent, not in an unhealthy way, but just hungering 
and looking for something that is greater, it's more, it's more satisfying, it's more fulfilling, uh, it seems more aligned with what they were created to do. And I don't know about you, but to me, it, it seems almost like an epidemic. I'm just not meeting too many people that aren't experiencing this on some level. I guess my first question is, are you seeing the same trend in, in your space? Yes, and I have for quite a while now. Uh, I started as an executive recruiter, I think it was in 2003. And you know, I saw, especially when the downturn happened and the economy was going flat and the amount of volume of people that I spoke with, you know, every week I was speaking in one-on-one interviews for 30 minutes to 10, 15 mid-level and upper-level management that they just were not happy in their work. They felt like they chose a degree, they jumped into a career, and then now they're wondering how can I truly find something that is uh, unique to me, meaning that is uh, I have a gift in it? You know, what is my gift? What is it that I have to offer the world? And out of that, I started uh, really thinking about uh, this process. And after you interview so many people over and over and over again that are in this space, you begin thinking about what is the solution here? And I fundamentally believe, Brian, that every single person is born with a gift. Yes, They may not be able to see it. And I know for me, it took me a while to identify mine and it took other people to help me. But once I discovered my gift, it unleashed a whole new world to me. And I'm actually in the process of writing a book right now called The Gift, What You Have That the Richest Man Can't Buy. Wow. And it is a story about a man who is 10, 15 years into his career, but he's not happy. And long story short, he goes on a journey. His grandfather uh, gives him some tools along the way to help him truly discover his gift and what his gift is. And I believe that when we discover what our gift is, the possibilities are endless. Now, that could mean finding a different career. It could mean transitioning in the organization we're currently with. It could mean launching a business or it could mean using that gift in a volunteer capacity. There's lots of different options. But when we connect with that, that's what we were truly designed and born to do. I think a whole nother level unleashes. Yeah, that's great, man. Uh, the, I, I'm seeing this in uh, a number of settings. Of course, if you want to talk about the corporate setting, the, the marketplace, a lot of it's going on there. My background, as all of my listeners know, is uh, vocational ministry. I've been in some sort of pulpit or classroom ministry for many, many years and uh, transitioned out of that really full-time in recent months. Uh, But I am talking to pastors, uh, other full-time staff members of churches by the dozens every month, people that are simply, they're, they're not discontent or in any way negative toward certainly God or or maybe the church, but they just know instinctively there is something more and I'm I just gotta have it. And mm-hmm. that that awareness that there's something more creates a very healthy discontent, but they're not sure how to to step out of <laughs> the the stuckness and pursue the new thing. What are some of the first steps? What are the things that you have learned along the way in guiding people out of the conundrum and into more purpose? Well, 
Of course, this is a, you know, there's a lot that goes into this, but I'll just try to share some practical tools to help. Sure. One is to reach out to five of the people who know you best and simply ask them this question. Actually, here's two questions you could give them. First question is, uh, describe me in three words. Pick three words that describe me. And the second question is, when have you seen me come the most fully alive? Oh, wow. And then when you get the answers back, I want you to take some time to prayerfully look over that and see how maybe some overlap is in there and really begin praying over this and say, what is that one word that I can latch on to right now that is when I walk into the room, I bring this gift with me. Mm. For me, the word when I did this exercise was resourcefulness. And people identified, and this was the first time it really came to light for me, that people said, you're the kind of guy who says, well, have you thought about, hey, Brian, have you thought about this? And, you know, I didn't see that. But when I started to lean into that and say, well, if I'm resourceful and I have a and I'm a teacher at heart, I need to lean into that gift and let that shine. And so that's one thing that I would say. The second exercise real quick that I want to give is to identify your green, yellow, and red work activities. So if you're currently employed or you're in ministry, I want you to write down all the different stuff that you're doing. It's going to feel like I'm just kind of jotting down, well, I do this and this. What are the things that you do in a week's time? Write it all out. And then I want you to go back over it, and I want you to identify them as either being green, yellow, or red. And let me explain what each are real quick. The red activities are the things that you procrastinate on, you avoid. They don't come natural to you. And you see other people do this with ease, and then you get frustrated because it's hard for you or it drains you. So mark those as red. Yellow activities are those things that you do for an hour or two that you're capable of doing. You have some capacity to do them, but they don't energize you. And then the green activities are the things that you do for two hours. And after those two hours, you are just as fired up and energized about that thing. And it's, it's almost energizing to do this sort of thing. It's like if you wake up and you get to spend your morning doing that thing, you are excited about your day. Identify what those are. Now, here's what's going to happen. Some people are going to look at that and they're going to say, wow, it's an eye opener. 80% of what I'm doing in my current role are red activities. That's the time to start prayerfully consider how can I get more green activities into my work? And how could I repeat that every single day? And for me, that is what allowed me to, to really get to a whole new level is when I started making 80% of my day spending time in those green activities. Can we get rid of the red? No. Are we going to have to do some yellow? Yes. But move toward those green activities in a big way. So those are just two exercises. Those are little tools, but those tools can be helpful when you walk through them. That's awesome. Gosh, I love I love both of those. That first one, I'm just going to tell you up front, publicly, I'm going to steal that. That's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, I'm sure I probably got it from some other person who 
gave it to me a couple of years ago. Yeah, you know how that deal works, right? You know, I, I heard so-and-so say, and then the next time you tell the story, I heard someone say, and then the next time you tell the story, you know, uh, for us <laughs> Christians, you know, well, man, I was in prayer the other day and God just, you know, downloaded this thing into my heart here. <laughs> we kind of take ownership of it like we, like it was our deal. Uh, anyway, let, let me just talk about this too in relationship to this transition thing. Uh, when someone makes, when someone becomes aware that change is needed and there's something pulling them, uh, and then they maybe go about some of these exercises like you're talking about, I, I have found that most of us hit a critical point where we we have to make a decision. Am I going to go all in on this transition, this move, this change? And that's the key word is change. And most Americans, most people in life really uh, really shy away from significant change. What what is the maybe the the flashpoint? What's the what's the thing that can help us to to push through the resistance of of that angst towards change? Because that really seems to be the the point where people will either press through or retreat into sameness. Well, and I think that's what happens for a lot of us is the reason we stay in where we are is because change is difficult. Change is painful. And we want to just stay in our comfort zone. And even though we're not happy in our comfort zone, we have a tendency to stay there. And it's almost as if you have to accept that change is going to happen. And it may be a painful transition in, in some cases, but this is the transition that needs to take place. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to do things irrationally. You know, I'm, I like what Jeff Goins often says is it wasn't about taking a leap. It was about building a bridge yeah. to, to where he is. And there's, there's certainly ways that you can do that. You know, for some people, maybe it is a little bit of downsizing uh, for a period of time in their own personal financial situation and taking on what some people call a bridge job. And the bridge job is something that you work in a smaller capacity, but it gives you more freedom to pursue something else. Uh, And that works for people in the entrepreneurial direction. Uh, But there are things that you can do, but I would say for the most part, you got to kind of get, get uncomfortable with the whole process of of change and just making it a part of what you do. Because like I've heard so many times, the fruit is out on the end of the limb, but you have to be willing to climb out there to get it. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, one more thing I want to run by you, because I know you happen to be uh, a, a master teacher in this area. Talk about, if you will, the value of collaboration, the value of uh, having other people in your circle, your inner circle, that can help you to see perspectives you don't see, help you to uh, to navigate waters that you're unfamiliar with, uh, maybe help you to construct some ideas and some business models and what have you. Uh, I'm referring to, of course, what you and I would talk about as the mastermind, but what is the value of that? I know you've discovered that for yourself and you've lived that now for several years. Talk about it. Yes. So I'm a big, huge believer in masterminds. Mastermind groups are huge to helping you get to the next level or getting to where you want to go. Uh, And I think everybody should be a part of that. Whether you're an entrepreneur or you're in a traditional career, you should be a part of a mastermind. 
you, when you look at some of the most successful people, and most people don't realize that these people were in masterminds or a part of mastermind groups, people like Walt Disney and C.S. Lewis, J.R.R. Tolkien, and they took their work, so they took what they were doing or took what they were, where they were headed with their goals, and they fleshed those out in community with other like-minded people. And I know for me, I went from a guy who was working as, as an executive recruiter who my main job was networking all day long, attached to a phone, building relationships. Then I transitioned to working from home. And after a few months, I'm sitting there going, I could do this thing and have like zero human interaction besides email, blog post, podcast. I really need to guard myself against this because I feel like I'm getting increasingly more isolated. Mm. And so I didn't know where to go to join a mastermind group, and I decided just to form one. So that's what I did. I went out, found the people uh, that I wanted to have in a mastermind group and formed it. And three years later, I would say 95% of those original people are still there. There's one or two that moved on. But the core seven or eight people, we're, we are still together. And we look back and see how much our businesses have grown, how all of us have grown, because we had the regular support, accountability. Uh, it's, it's It provides essentially two main things, Brian, when it's done correctly. One is it kind of helps you with, the, with establishing um, you in a foundational way because you get the relationships, accountability, and support. But not only that, but it's it's got a forward drive to it. And the forward drive is it challenges you to be better. And you have you give other people permission to challenge you when your thinking's wrong mm. and when you're not approaching something right. And when you need to get out of your comfortable stage that you're in and step out and do, do something that's a little bit risky. And when those two powerful components are there, you have the baseline support and accountability and the forward drives to push out and to do more and to try more. That is where I believe that real success begins to happen. That's awesome. Well, I just, just for the sake of our audience knowing this, uh, you do some great training regarding mastermind groups. Uh, in fact, I one of the reasons why I have launched a mastermind group is because of your influence. I've been a part of two mastermind groups, uh, and both of which you know uh, the folks involved in that. In fact, I think uh, you and I have a few f mutual friends in both of those, uh, in, in Ray Edwards' group as well as in, uh, in Dan Miller's, of course. Uh, but I tell you what, my time the last three or four years in mastermind groups have re has rev revolutionized my entire trajectory as it relates to my business, to the ministry we do, to our our message getting out. it I don't know what I did without it before. Um, I had relationships, but not in the context of that type of an environment and community. And uh, like you mentioned, it literally has changed my life. And I'm so grateful for you and for your leadership in that area, man. I really am. Well, I, I certainly do appreciate that, and I'm glad that uh, you're plugged in because it's once you get into this kind of a system of being a part of a mastermind group, um, you're never going to try to do things on your own ever again. Right, no doubt. Well, I tell you what, I want our audience to connect with you. Uh, Jonathan's website, jonathanmilligan.com, as well as bloggingyourpassion.com, both sites are just uh, 
full of such incredible resources. Speaking of resourcefulness, uh, everything from leadership development to personal motivation to productivity to organization, uh, man, you you cover such a great gamut there, yet uh, the content is so rich and so beneficial. And uh, I just want our guys to to connect with you. So I want to encourage everyone to go to jonathanmilligan.com and subscribe to uh, his weekly email updates, connect with his anything he's offering with regards to webinars or products. Uh, just this guy is doing what we love to talk about around here, and that is he is leading by example. He is leading with high impact, and he's making a huge, huge difference in the world today. Uh, Jonathan, one more question I have for you, and we try to wrap all of our interviews with something like this. What is the one leadership principle that has maybe had the greatest influence or impact in your life, whether it's a quote or a principle you've heard or something you just live by? What is the one leadership principle that really has had an impact on you? Well, you're going, you're going to hear, because we've already talked about this, so it's not going to be anything new in the form of this interview, but it's going to be serving first. You know, And I think yeah. Jesus was such a great example of that and how he served the disciples, even to the point where they were like, why are you serving me? I should be serving you. And yet that example is there for us. And I think that's what sets us, especially Christians, apart is when we go out and we serve first, it's such a different, it's a breath of fresh air for people whether you're an employee, whether you're in management, or whether you own your own business, serve first. And when you do that, uh, you will be amazed at how your influence grows and your impact. Jonathan, thank you, man, for being on the program today. You have been a blessing and a great benefit to our wonderful audience, and we are thankful for it. Thanks, Brian. I enjoyed it. Wow, that was incredible. Jonathan Milligan, thank you, man, so much for being with us on the program today. You can find out more about Jonathan at jonathanmilligan.com. It's jonathanmilligan with two L's.com or bloggingyourpassion.com. Also want to uh, let you know that we'll have some show notes and all of the links that you need at brianholmes.com forward slash 159. That's brianholmes.com forward slash 159. I want to remind you that we are still offering the Four Cornerstones for Strategic Living online course. If you know someone who has not yet accessed that or taken advantage of that offer, please let them know to go to brianholmes.com. Top right-hand corner of the page, you'll find an enrollment there for that online course. It's our gift to you for subscribing to our weekly email updates. Hey, I want to just encourage you to share this episode with your friends on social media. Let someone know about this conversation. In fact, today we've talked about so many things. I mean, we talked about transitioning from corporate to, to blogging, corporate to information space, uh, podcasting. We've talked so much about the, the value of the mastermind. And by the way, in case you uh, wondered, we have open enrollment right now, open application season, I suppose, for the Mastermind Group, Strategic Influencers Mastermind Alliance. I would love for you to check into this. I'd love for you to be a part of it. If you are looking to take your life, your leadership, your business, uh, your, uh, your impact to the next level, you heard Jonathan talk about this today. Nothing can make 
any more substantial of an impact in your life than being a part of a community of like-minded people who can help you to transition through, process through, and become all that God has called you to be. Go to brianholmes.com forward slash mastermind for more information about becoming a part of this great group. A few closing thoughts. I want to tell you what. There are so many things that Jonathan said today that meant a lot to me. I want you to go back and listen to the episode and remember this exercise about having a few people answer those two key questions. How powerful was that? Let someone else give you some insight into who you really are, the value that you really have, and the thing that you really do offer the people around you. There's something great in you, and it's longing to to get out. It's longing to be heard. And I encourage you today to become the leader that God has created you to be and to touch and serve and be a blessing to a people group, to a niche, to a tribe that really is looking to connect with you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Strategic Leader Podcast. We trust that this program has added value to your life and to the development of your leadership potential. You can join our growing community of strategic influencers by connecting with us at brianholmes.com and by sharing this podcast with others who are seeking to take their life and leadership to the next level. May God bless you immensely. And until next time, remember this, you are created to lead.